public with God's provision in our lives. You see what happens here. It's a bad situation. Horrible. He's in a bad way. He cries out to the Lord. The Lord hears and answers him. And now he's like, now I'm going to declare your name to my brethren. To those around me, I'm going to declare your name. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. When good things happen, you want to share them with others. Today, Pastor Daniel encourages you to be like David and tell people what God has done in your life. David was in a horrible situation and cried out to God. When God answered him, David told everyone. Pastor Daniel reminds you that you can do this too. Sharing how God has faithfully shown up and worked in your life will remind the people around you that God is real and He cares. Now, here's Pastor Daniel as he continues his message called With Arms Wide Open in Psalm chapter 22. If there is a way for humanity to come back to you, whether it's by just being a good old-fashioned good person, by uh, keeping the law of Moses that you gave to Moses on Mount Sinai, by voting based on a certain political preference that we think is going to save the world, or whatever your self-salvation plan is, if there's any other way, God, do that. It was so serious in the garden that Jesus started to sweat drops of blood. He, had, he was in such agony, his blood vessels were rupturing as he prayed. Does any other way, if people can get back to you, Lord, any other way, let's not do this. And less than 20 hours later, Jesus died on the cross. Why? Because there's no other way. There is no other way. Jesus suffered to save you and me, not because I wanted it, not because you asked for it, but because God loves you enough to do it on your behalf because there's no other way. There's no other way. This is the only way. That's why Jesus could say things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. That is the most audacious and bold statement that's ever been uttered by somebody. And either Jesus is nuts or he's right. So you have to ask yourself this question. Will your self-salvation plan, whatever it is, will it actually get you to where you're trying to go to? Will it get you there? Because everybody has a self-salvation plan. Everybody does. Everybody has, if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to be okay. I'm here to tell you that if your self-salvation plan does not include the finished work of Jesus Christ, then it's not going to get you where you really want to go. It's not going to get you there. And you know that that's true because you've tried. I have people all the time who say, you know, Daniel, you believe in God and you trust in him. Well, I trust in the universe. I always say, man, trust in the universe? 
Have you watched Animal Planet lately? Don't trust in the universe. Darwin wasn't wrong when he said the survival of the fittest. I mean, you watch it, there's a caribou. And then there's like a grizzly bear. Or there's a caribou and there's a guy with a shotgun. That caribou, he could be, you know, he could trust in the universe. He's going to be dinner. That's trusting in the universe is trusting in a losing battle. Everything about nature shows us that trusting in the universe makes no sense. But trusting in a God who loves you enough to pay everything to bring you back. Now that makes sense. It makes sense. The cross of Jesus Christ is all about God loving you enough to do for you what you would want done for you if you knew what was at stake. It's about loving your neighbor as yourself. It's God looking at humanity and being like, if I was like them, I would want this done for me, so I'm going to do it. And for some of you in here today, you feel God tugging at your heart. You're like, man, I've been on a self-salvation plan. By the time this service is over, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Just say, okay, you suffered for me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And it'll be the best decision you've ever made. And you'll live every single day of your life responding to that again and again and again. Because God loves you enough not to give you what you want, but to give you what you need. That's how a good parent functions. I love my kids. My kids are fun as all get out. And my kids would love for me to give them ice cream for breakfast. And you know what? I want ice cream for breakfast too. Right? I mean, that's a great way to start a day, right? But I love my kids enough, and so does my wife, not just to give them ice cream for breakfast. We don't want them to go into a sugar coma before eight. We love their teachers enough not to want to send them in all kind of amped up and crazy. I know probably Donna Evans is in here like, praise God, Pastor Daniel, because my boy's got energy without the sugar. But you love your kids enough to do for them what needs to be done, even if they don't understand it. Or like it. And that's exactly what God has done for you. Whether or not you understand it or even like it. He who created you said you need this. He loves you enough to do that for you. Whether or not you wanted it done. And I'm grateful for that. Because none of us was asking for it. God was just doing it because that's how he rolls. That's how God rolls. Doing it for you. Doing what we cannot do ourselves. So Jesus suffered to save us. Now look at verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. Right here it teaches us that God hears and acts. God hears and acts. I mean, this is a mess here. He's in trouble. He's lamenting. He's in pain. And then verse 19, but you, O Lord. I call this the glorious buts of the Bible. Because everything is bad, but God. Everything is falling apart, but God. 
And God hears and acts. He's like, do not be far from me. Hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword. Save me from the lion's mouth. And then it says, you have answered me. Wow. Whatever's going on in your life, as you are crying out to God, saying, God, do this. Take care of this. God hears. And at some point, God will act on your behalf. Because you can trust him. Because he knows what's going on. It makes me think of Psalm 34, verses 4 and 5. I sought the Lord, it says, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. They looked to him and were radiant. Do you believe that God hears and will act in your life? This was so vividly portrayed for me this week. I was in Tucson at a pastor's conference. And I was sitting with some friends, some of these pastors, and one of these pastors, a man named Levi Lusco, is a pastor up in Montana. God's using it, 31 years old, in a wild way, phenomenal way. His six-year-old daughter, Lenya, had an asthma attack, and she died out of nowhere. And I'm asking him, I'm like, Levi, how are you doing? I'll tell you what he said in a second, because he's on one side of me, and the other side of me is Pastor Robert Ferro of Calvary Tucson. Pastor Robert's wife, Lisa, had a horrible diagnosis of cancer, and she died within two months. She was 49 years old. And I'm sitting there with these two men. How are you doing? And you know what both of them said in their own words? They said, you never know that when push comes to shove, that your faith holds until you need it to hold. And they both said in different ways how their faith in Jesus is so much more real to them now than it was before the most tragic of life events Because when tragedy strikes, God shows up in the most profound ways. Pastor Levi was telling me, he's like, you know, Daniel, I'll be honest with you. With my daughter in heaven, it makes me really realize how this isn't my home. I'm passing through. Heaven's a little closer today. You might say, well, God forsook them, took their loved ones. No. No. They would sit here and argue with you. With skin in the game, with love. People they love no longer with them saying, God is real. This is real. This isn't some pie in the sky, by and by, I hope it works out. No, this is the real thing. Because there is a real God. And that God sees and hears. And that God acts. And would to God that you and I would learn that long before It's the most horrific circumstances we can fathom. I love this. You have answered me. Wow. And then from there, right there, everything's bad. You have answered me. And now this thing pivots to a Thanksgiving psalm. Right like that. Because God is real, no matter what your circumstances are, you have answered me. Boom, this thing pivots. And now it's Thanksgiving and praise. Look at verse 22. Look at what it says. 
I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. Fear him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. Brothers and sisters, we need to go public with God's provision in our lives. We need to go public with God's provision in our lives. You see what happens here. It's a bad situation. Horrible. He's in a bad way. He cries out to the Lord. The Lord hears and answers him. And now he's like, now I'm going to declare your name to my brethren. To those around me, I'm going to declare your name. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. And he goes on and on about how he's going to go public with what God has done in his life. And brothers and sisters, isn't that Kendall's story that we saw before service? You have a girl who God is doing great things in her life, and she's like, well, I'm just going to go public with it. It's not weird. It's not off-putting. It's just, man, God's doing a great work in my life. I'm just enjoying God. And I believe that for too many of us, because our culture doesn't necessarily embrace Jesus, that we're, we have a lamp and we're putting it under a lampstand because we want people to like us. But we're, we're not even being authentic because they can't really like us. They don't really know us because we're so busy hiding everything. We need to go public. I mean, you think about the 12 disciples. Within one generation, they turned the whole Roman Empire right side up. One generation. Within three centuries, Christianity was the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now look around for a second. Look at the number of people here. Could you imagine if all of us had the simple faith just to go public with, this is what God is doing in my life. Because you know what? When we go public with what God is doing in our life, that is of more worthiness or weight than the trivial things we find ourselves talking about. Like, I'm a big fan of sports. And so Wes Welker signed with the Denver Broncos. Right? Is that really a big deal? No. It's really not. Because he's just a receiver. I like sports just as much as the next guy. But what does that really get anybody? Or the stock market is hitting new highs. If you watch the stock market every day, it either goes up or down. Every single day. It goes up, it goes down. I mean, that's what it does. It's never flat. Now, I'm not saying that the stock market is bad. I'm not saying that sports is bad. All I'm saying is that none of those things have eternal value. You can't take the Lombardi trophy with you. And you can't take your 401k with you either. You just leave that stuff for your kids to fight over. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't plan either. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying so often, or, or all the people who went crazy about the last election, I think you should vote. But guess what? The guy's going to be done when he's done. And then the next guy's going to be in. And he's going to be done when he's done. And either way, presidents are going to come and go. But Jesus Christ abides forever. And at some point, God's going to fill all in all. 
So instead of lamenting about the state of the world, let's just go public with the goodness of God. Let's say, look, God is doing a great thing in my life. What's amazing is the people around you, they see that good things are happening anyway. You're just not willing just to say, you know, like Kendall said, it's a, we're blessed, man. It's a beautiful day. And the guy's like, yeah, you're a Christian, right? And she's like, yeah. Woo, you know? It's so simple. But you know what's cool? Children do that kind of stuff. My son Obadiah, when it was his birthday, I'll never forget, he woke up in the morning. I'm like, man, Obadiah's sleeping in. But then all of a sudden he woke up, we knew it. He opened the door. Good morning, family. It's my birthday. (laughs) And it was just so awesome. You know what I mean? It was like, he has arrived. It's his eighth year of life. He's coming in with a bang. And I thought to myself, I'm like, we should be that way with God. Like, hey, I'm a mess, but God loves me. Woo! I mean, isn't that every morning? I mean, isn't that how our alarm should go off? Listen, you're a total nightmare, but God loves you. (laughs) You were doing great up until I went off, and now you're angry. Man, we need to go public with God's provision. He's like, look, I'm going to tell my brethren. I'm going to tell the people around me. It reminds me of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's like, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which is right where we are right now. Clark County, Vancouver, P-Van, the Dell, whatever your name is for where you live. That's your Jerusalem. It's right here, right now. But not only are our witnesses right here with our brethren at Starbucks or Compass or whatever your, your hot drink of choice is. But not only here, but then Judea and Samaria, the Portland metro area, the surrounding areas. Think of Samaria, the Pacific Northwest, and then to the ends of the earth. We need to go public and not be scared to say, look, God's at work in my life. I'm not what I was. I'm not what I will be, but God's doing a work and it's fun. Go public with God's provision in your life. And then look at verse 27. He keeps going. This this praise and thanksgiving is expanding. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive, a posterity shall serve him and it will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. Not only should we go public with God's provision, we should go global with God's goodness. We got to go global. Look at what he says. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations. That means everybody. See, this is what I love about the gospel. There's no racism in the gospel. You can't value one race over another because all the nations are his. They're all his. He loves all of them. And they're all going to come and worship. Whether somebody is wealthy or impoverished, the gospel is for them. Whether somebody is alive or a person yet to be born, 
Not only do we go public in our locale, but we also go global. I believe that God wants, in this next season in the life of Crossroads, I believe God wants to deploy all of us. I believe there's some of us in here today. You're here, but you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be across national lines. You're here now, and it's not bad that you're here, but you're not where God wants you. God is calling you to go somewhere, and I want to encourage you, seek the Lord, seek counsel, and go. Don't be a Jonah. We all know how it ended up for Jonah, right? He ended up in the belly of a fish. Now, I like fish, but I don't want to be eaten by one. So some of us, you are supposed to be moving cross-culturally. You need to go global. All of us are called to be hitting our knees, seeking God for the blessing of the nations. How the gospel is getting out, being mobilized. It makes me think of Jesus when I think of going global with the gospel. Listen to Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That means all the authority is Jesus's. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He says, make disciples of every nation. There are more than 2 billion people who don't have the opportunity to hear the gospel in their own heart language. 2 billion people. That's a third of the world's population does not have the opportunity to hear the good news of the finished work of Jesus in the language that they can understand. We need to change that. And we live in a county where 85% of the people who live in Clark County don't go to church on a Sunday. We need to go global. All of us. And I believe God wants to deploy us, all of us, in a million areas of passion and giftings to infiltrate all of our society and be agents of grace, not of judgment. Jesus said, look, I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it because the world's condemned already. We come with a message of hope, a message of love, a message that God loves you. And he has a phenomenal plan for your life, so much so that his own son would suffer and die. And we, you know, we live in a world where people are killing themselves to try and make a point, a political point. We need to say, no, 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 no. Your life is of more value than that. Only one man had to die to make a point, and that was Jesus. Jesus is real. As Pastor Daniel finished this study of Psalm 22 today, you were reminded that you should share what God has done in your life with the people around you. Instead of lamenting the state of the world or your own situation, you can tell others how you've seen God show up. Going public with God's provision gives you the amazing privilege of reminding people that God is real. He wants to have a personal relationship with everyone. If you've enjoyed Pastor Daniel's teaching today on Jesus is Real Radio, we'd like to invite you to join us at Crossroads Community Church for our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you can't come in person, you can still be part of our vital congregation by tuning in to our live stream. Find out more at CrossroadsChurch.net. That's CrossroadsChurch.net. 
Hi friends, Pastor Daniel here. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at crossroadschurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Well, that wraps up this series, The Top Ten, where Pastor Daniel linked psalms to popular songs. As you studied these psalms, you were reminded that God has revealed himself to you and proven his faithfulness. You can know who God is and have a relationship with him. Pastor Daniel also urged you to let your faith make a difference in how you live your life as you reach out to others with God's love and hope. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.